or are you absolute legends? Welcome back to another episode of A Need to Read. We are on the cusp of getting back to two episodes per week. And I'm very excited to do that because I've got a lot of books to review and a lot of book review episodes to come out and some interviews with some pretty interesting people. But before we get to two episodes a week, we're just going to stick with one this week. And it is with no other but Adam Ashton from the What You Will Learn podcast. He's actually only one half of that podcast. The other half, Adam Jones, couldn't make it for the interview. But they also wrote a book called The Shit They Never Taught You. They've been doing a podcast on books since 2016. And much like me, I think, and probably anyone else listening to this podcast, they kind of realise that there are some gaps in what you learn at school. So they wrote the book, The Shit They Never Taught You. It's a brilliant book. It's about 600, 700 pages long. And it's just got little chapters on each of the things you would learn from books. So there's sections on career, philosophy, happiness, relationships, pretty much anything you're in the mood for, you can flick to a page in that book. And I love books like that. You don't have to read it from page one through to page 600. You can just read one chapter a day or two chapters a day. It's great for people who are just getting into reading. I really enjoyed the conversation with Adam. And look, it's great for us competitors, because let's face it, I'm the English version of them. They're the Australian version of me. And we've joined together to have a chat about books. I loved it. So please enjoy the conversation. But obviously, before we get to that point, you might be or you might know someone who is struggling at the moment. And of course, struggle is a natural part of life and you do have to go through a certain amount and it is absolutely necessary. But there is a line where it gets to the point where enough is enough and you may or your misunderstanding about your mind may be causing unnecessary suffering. That is where BetterHelp step in. BetterHelp provide an online counselling service and counselling, I've talked about it enough, is absolutely transformed the way that I look at life and the way that I approach life and I constantly return to therapy for curiosity purposes or sometimes necessity. It really depends on how you look at it but I think it's always beneficial to chat through your problems with a professional. If you can't get on with standard therapy, if you can't find appointments that work around your life, That is where BetterHelp are brilliant because it fits around your lifestyle and it is done online. You can communicate with your therapist midweek via their app and you can go to all of the webinars that they have on as well. So if you are thinking about going to therapy, then may I suggest BetterHelp? You can head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you'll get 10% off your first month there. 10% is neither here nor there, but they are cheaper than standard face-to-face counselling anyway. So why not just get it sorted? And of course, this podcast is also supported by this podcast. So please do share it with anyone if you like it. And I'm very much looking forward to bringing you back two episodes a week. Until then, enjoy this conversation. So obviously you've got a podcast about books, Dan Ander. You've written a book, you guys. You've, you've co-authored The Shit They Never Taught You. Um, and you very kindly sent me a copy of this fucking massive book that is massive, but not really in a daunting way because... From what I can tell, it's something you can just dip in and out of for whatever is going to be interesting you at the time. So I would like to get an understanding of sort of what made you write the book, but also just a very quick, who are you? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, Adam, what you'll learn podcast, the ship I never taught you book. I guess for the book, it was, uh, it was really like we'd read so many books for the podcast. We were reading, we built ourselves up, we built up the reading habit to reading a book a week, sometimes more. If there was a, if there was a dud book that didn't make it, we might have to accelerate to read another one in its place. 
but uh, there were so many books. We were learning so much stuff. We were blown away. We were amazed. Everybody was always asking, you know, what's the best thing that you've ever learned or what's the best thing you've ever read? And we thought, okay, well, we'll tell people the best thing we ever learned. We tried to tell them one thing and then it became three things, then it became 10 things, then it became 100 things, and then it became a 684-page book mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so much, so much incredible stuff out there in books that we cut a lot of stuff out. We probably cut 40% of it out. Um, wow. It could have been even bigger, but that was the, the best stuff survived and we couldn't cut much further than that. Jeez. So uh, how, how big was it before you got to cut out? Word count. Well, we've, we have a, um, we, we're doing a, a Google Doc of the live book, and then there was also a Google Doc of the, we call it the cutting room floor. So as we're going through, entire chapters would be cut, entire stories would be cut, entire paragraphs would be cut, and they got moved to the cutting room floor just because I was like, I was too, uh, I was too attached to it. I didn't want to get fully delete. I just wanted to be like, okay, I can take it out. I'll move it over here. If we need to, we can bring it back. We never brought anything back. Um, but that cutting room floor doc got to like, like 130 plus pages of, of Google Doc uh, wow. pages. So it was, it was large. It was like at least another 50,000, 60,000 words in that cutting Jeez. room floor. And that's, that's no like short order. I did like 45,000 <laughs> words of a book earlier this year, L- L- last year now. You know, so annoying. I hate that. It's such a cliche <laughs> yeah. early trip up of last year. Oh, what a loser. <laughs> oh, mate, you're too over the pun now. I know. It's like writing the wrong date at school. It's just amateur. Always. Um, like last year, I'd, I'd written a load of a novel and I actually ends up, I don't want to write that book anymore. But, mate, it takes so much effort to write. One thing I did want to understand, because obviously you've, you've read a fuck ton of books, have you had quite a disciplined, like, note or summary kind of system in place from early on or was it like a late adoption or not at all definitely a very late adoption and still the note and stuff is really just for the podcast really which kind of it kind of helps in it like i feel like like the current state is pretty good if we if it's a book that we read for the podcast then we take notes of going and then do proper notes and like a run feed and, and structure it all up for an episode it's fantastic, but it probably takes like eight to 10 hours per book at the moment, except for the books that I read for like pleasure. If I'm like, oh, this isn't going to get in the podcast, but I want to read it anyway. I feel like yeah. I don't remember anything from those books. Now that I've like built this system of how to remember all this stuff, it's great, except now the ones that I don't do it for, I can't remember anything. Yeah. So that's probably, maybe that's a downside of having such a good, a good system. But at the very start, there was like, there was no uh, note taking stuff whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. The very start of the podcast when we started, me and Jonesy, we just thought uh, that we would start this book podcast. We're kind of talking about the books we're reading and we thought, okay, well, we like podcasts, we like books, we like talking about books, we like reading books, so let's make a podcast about books. And it was literally just like, we both read the book, it was Derek Sivers, Anything You Want, so it was like an 80, 85-page book, so it was super easy to, to start off with. Yeah. And like I literally just had like the book there, just like flicking through it. I was like, oh, this is a good section. Do you remember this one, Jonesy? Like, this is when he talks about blah, blah, blah. And like, then, like, we'd flick forward four pages and be like, oh, yeah, this is a cool quote. And then, like, we'd flick forward another six pages. And uh, so there was no system whatsoever at that point. And then sort of gradually built up um, to the point where it is now taking so bloody long, um, but probably worth it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's such a... I'm... 
I'm, I flirt with notes every now and then. Yeah. And I've just I've just started reading how to take smart notes, and yeah. it's it seems like for non-fiction writers or people in university, I think people in university should definitely be reading a book like that. It's just about how to essentially get yourself a second brain, um, and you just you cut your notes they have like a cutting room of notes as well which is quite interesting you said that of you you make your notes throughout the day of stuff that you found interesting summarizing stuff in your own words at the end of the day you take like three or four things and you put this into the app that i'm using or the software it's called rome research and say i wrote about the other day from the sweet spot by paul bloom it's got loads of stuff from daniel kahneman and then there's crosses over with daniel daniel kahneman and sam harris and they're all linked together so at some point when i'm like right i want to write an article about happiness i'm like i just click on happiness I'm like, oh fuck at all these points that i remember mm. i don't really remember them but now i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you do at some point do you? yeah i like it but, uh, it's like it. leverage out the fact that your brain is actually a little bit shit so put it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Shit, I should go for that. I, that book's actually been on my on my list of to buy books for ages, how to take smart notes. It's been one of those ones that's been sitting there that I I felt like I wanted to read. And then I've got the sweet spot. I think just here. Oh yeah, there she is. Yeah. I've got that I've got that bad boy. That's that's gonna be read soon, I reckon. This is like um it's it's one that I keep popping up all the time. Probably from you first and I was like, damn right yeah i really liked it i think the the some of the books of the year that i read last year were, were just like instantly right up there and i think it's just oh, because no. my taste was pretty poor at the start of the year and i've just <laughs> I've, I've maybe now become a bit of a snob of of books so like reading something from paul bloom like yeah he's a psychology professor he's not a wellness influencer so i do kind of know <laughs> It's like, oh, you haven't heard of Daniel Kahneman. Ah, yeah, I remember the days. I remember the days. So I'm worried that I'm going to turn into a prick if I keep keep going. But, you know, I guess um, knowing stuff's kind of it worth it. It happens with everyone, then. It definitely happens with everyone. I think when you, when you, like, start reading books or start, for me it was, like, definitely when I very first started, like, my first 10 books, compared to someone who read zero, I thought I was just, like, on this whole different planet. And then it's probably, like, when I first got into philosophy after hating philosophy my whole life then i like all of a sudden two philosophy books in i was ready to grow out a long beard and sit in the cave all day and and ponder life yeah it's interesting to me philosophy and i've, I've just read the little book of philosophy little history of philosophy about like 46 different philosophers because i've never really looked at the philosophers no. I've, I've had it mm. filtered down to me by brian holiday and people like that but i've never like looked at the lives of them there's some mad interesting people uh, and listening to the stories of them, how flawed these philosophers were. I'm like, oh, these people were remembered for years and they were pretty fucked. Like Albert Camus, pretty famous as an existentialist, just wrote most of his stuff on methamphetamine. I mean, he's not, not perfect. People remember him. No one says that about him. <laughs> I think it's like the lesson you can take from philosophy is if you're smart enough, you can take as many drugs as you like and get away with it and everyone will just think you're intelligent. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Um, Mate, I just realised, how long are you doing? Like 10 minutes in, I just realised I've been using the wrong mark the whole time. How's I, that? Did that change? Oh, got yeah. Oh, that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, we like that. Sound is different. Pretty, Sound is elevated. Feel free now. to keep any of the any of the embarrassing stuff of the uh, six-year podcast veteran stuffing up his microphone for 15 <laughs> minutes. Feel free to keep that in. <laughs> yeah, I'll... Uh, 
I'll, I'll leverage that, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> Probably not that you give a fuck. <laughs> so writing the book, like I said at the start when we weren't recording, is I'm not going to ask you about specific chapters and stuff because, let's face it, if you write a 600-page book, I'm not going to expect you to remember what's on like page 647. Like, <laughs> it's not the case. But I just want to understand from you, what were your favorite parts to write? What were your favorite bits of like informational books to revisit um, that maybe was like a, a nice refresh of that information? In terms of information that was uh, good to refresh, Surprisingly, the like effectiveness, productivity stuff, because I thought, you know, there's like, once you read like three productivity books, they're kind of all the same. Like if you, like we've read, you know, the effective executive, getting things done, uh, eat that frog, the one thing, um, I'm sure there's like four or five others, the now habit, there's a bunch of others we've probably read as well. And it's, it's kind of like, well, once you've read, read that, like, that's all you need. If you, it's probably better to just like pick one system and stick to it rather than like trying to find eight different systems and make your own perfect version just like it's kind of like whatever you stick to is going to work pretty well yeah but it was good to revisit that stuff at the same time because there was just a few little refreshes that um i don't know kind of makes you feel good i feel like the productivity hacks if you if you think you can save 10 minutes here or do what would normally take two and a half hours down to two hours like it kind of feels good so i think that was a good one to revisit in terms of like content and then in terms of like what was the best to write the ones I think I enjoyed the most and look back on the most fondly were the ones where we kind of did like did a bit more of our own, put out more of our own spin on it, like combining different books. Like there was like some some lessons where we've grouped, you know, say like maybe happiness. We've got four different happiness books and we've taken like kind of the best advice on happiness. That stuff's good, but I kind of preferred like say the the career various paths to mastery where we're like, okay out of all the books we've read, what's kind of like the best career philosophy? And we kind of found that, okay, there's like two paths. You can like go deep, like pick one very specific field and specialize in it. And in order to achieve sort of, you know, success to get to the top of that field, you've got to work really hard, do lots of hours and pretty much be better than everybody else in that one one specific thing, which is de- yeah. a definite clear path to success. But then there's another path as well. I think that's the obvious one. The less obvious one is like the range path or the generalist path or the we call it going wide. So you can go wide and do a whole bunch of different stuff, build up a bunch of different skills um, and then kind of combine those different skills so that you can achieve success by being the best at this kind of strange intersection of different things that nobody else can match you in. Um, so that, that was a kind of one I liked was like taking five different books, like outliers and grit make you uh, down that, you know, the going deep, the specializer yeah, part. Yeah. Yeah, and then we mix sort of like range and originals. Kind of gives you the the going wide or the general yeah, part, yeah. and then mastery by uh, Robert Greene to cap it all off. So that was like a, a some of the lessons like that where we kind of really thought uh, really like extra hard about how we merge different books together and how they sort of sometimes said the same things, but sometimes said opposite things, but were all yeah, correct. Yeah. Like that was probably the most interesting stuff. Yeah, I really like that, and they're all like decent books that I've I've, I've got on my to read or or have read and um range is definitely something that i want to look into because i get itchy feet with whatever i'm doing <laughs> and i just think maybe that is quite a good way to do things just is build up these different skills as i go along not get too romantic yeah. to any one thing so people i don't know if this is how you feel with the podcast i'd like a, a podcast is 
is a job, of course, but like it is, it is just a job at the yeah. end of the day. And it, it could obviously go wrong or it could stop. And I think it's very easy for people in our industry to get completely emotionally attached to what they're doing. And definitely just, <laughs> I, I don't especially, know, just, especially with something you've created yourself and you think is, yeah. uh, you're now God's gift uh, to earth that uh, you think you're so good at, at podcasting that everybody needs you and the world would crumble if you stopped doing it. Then yeah, yeah for sure. I, trust me, I will <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever think that. <laughs> There is no fear of me thinking that. I've got AirPods stuck under the headphones of my microphone. I'm I'm keeping it amateur till the end. Um, so so those those books are decent, and this is one thing that you guys tend to do is like pick good books. And I kind of tend to rate myself in terms of being able to pick a good book. And you guys can obviously pick good books. Like I can tell by the stuff that you review, it's it's all decent material but it doesn't seem like everyone can do that otherwise obviously there wouldn't be a demand for like us to do what we do how do you go about picking the books that you read what's the process yeah that's a good one uh i think initially it was probably like at the very start it was probably like looking for those lists online you know that top 10 business books or top 11 books for career or mm. top six books for personal development. Like that was probably the, the starting point. Um, and when you see in those lists that every single book, uh, every single list seems to list good to great for business or something. It's like, well, I probably got to read good to great. Um, yeah. And then like, so it's probably like those, there's a few, like it's probably like 20 to 30, like core books that everybody keeps mentioning. So you probably, probably kind of got to tick those ones off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Another one that we kind of outsourced to is like just the Goodreads um, rankings. Yeah. And if there's like, if something's got 100,000 Goodreads, then it must be pretty legit. If something's got like 112 Goodreads, like our book probably does at the moment, then it's like, well, maybe not yet. Maybe give it a couple of years. Yeah. See, see if it if it kicks up to 5,000 or if it flattens out at 150, then um, I think that's probably a good metric for us to look at as well. Yeah, I'll give you a review on Goodreads, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, that was probably they're probably like the the initial like en entry level stuff when we when we got started just to sort of outsource it a bit. Now it's probably more like um, if I'm reading a book and really liking a book, and then they mention another book, then it's yeah. probably like okay, I should probably check that one out too. Um, and that's when you end up with like, uh, are we doing video or just audio? Uh, we we do video, but it, it's. Yeah, it's pretty much going to be just audio, but I can see it. I'll give, it, I'll give, a, I'll give the, the visual, I'll, I'll try to describe the visuals in. So I just got the fourth bookshelf. Yeah, do close captioning so like, for me, please. This, <laughs> this far bookshelf over here, that's like, I've read all of those and they're kind of like A+, plus, A++, plus, 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 A+, plus, yeah. uh, A, B+, plus, and, and down from there. And then like these, these ones here, I have read half the shelf. Yeah. Um, and that's where it stops. Everything else, the other two and a half shelves, I haven't read yet. So it kind of it kind of gets to the point where it's like I kept like I've got a list as well of books that I want to buy. I'm like I can't just buy all these books. Yeah, I've got to like buy you know maybe like two to three a week. But I got to I've got like fifty that I want to buy. So I need to like track which ones and then try to pick the ones that I think are the most relevant at that time and that I'm going to read uh, in the right time. But it seems like I keep this pile that not have not read yet seems to keep yeah. growing far, faster than the, the oh. red pile that's for sure <laughs> yeah right 100 percent. like well from what i can see there's probably about four or five hundred books there and and about 300 of them are in the not not red pile 
Yeah, um, exactly. Prob- probably. <laughs> I, I, I think it is strange that people can't find the right book for them because mm. you just put like book four and then what literally whatever you want into Google and find it. And then you go on Goodreads and then you're like, okay, that's 4.1 stars. If it's over 10,000 reviews, like it's a hundred percent legit and it will probably be a good book unless you fundamentally disagree with the values of like the author or something like that. I, I found quite a lot of like quite decent recommendations recently from like people's reading lists. So like, Jordan Peterson's got 100 books to read. Naval's got like about 60 books to read. Nice. And just giving a, a Google or finding like a journalist that I like and just going on their reading list. I think if you do you read much like explorative kind of journalism, like Johan Hari, Will Store kind of books? I have uh, a little bit. We did uh, Lost Connections. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and then I've also got Chasing the Scream that I want to read. Will Store, I've got bought two books. They're on the not yet read pile. Yeah. And I think that was from you as well. And from you and Orn. Do you know Orn? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, you guys both seem to keep plugging Will Store. So I figured, well, I, I gotta get on I gotta get onto that then for sure. Yeah. They 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 have you read have you read Conspiracy by Ryan Holiday? No, I haven't. See, I think that was I was I was like surprised at how good that was. It was one that like because it's not his usual stuff, which is kind of a good thing, I think. Like I've kind of, I kind of probably maxed out. Like obstacle, incredible ego, even better. Stillness was great. Courage was like okay, I thought. And so I kind of like had worked out that sort of realm. But yeah. conspiracy was totally different, and it was fantastic. I think like if you like that kind of like exploratory journalism, I think you called it. I think then you'd like conspiracy. Yeah. I'll definitely have a look at that. I think UK is wrapping some pretty good journalism, like Oliver Berkman as well, someone I've just looked yeah. at his writing. Um, the Antidote, have you guys... We've just... It's another one. It's on the par. <laughs> there you go. It's right next to... So this, yeah. this shelf right here, this is like the, like the next 20 books that I want to read. Yeah. yeah. These two are both on there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I definitely think the sweet spot all about when stuff will store Johan Hari's just got a new book that came out today. I've spent about an hour and a half reading oh, really? it. Absolutely fucking bang. It's on focus and like why we can't focus. And just, it's just the way oh, he writes. It's just fucking incredible. And the story that he's like weaved together is amazing. So people listening are probably would have finished it by the time this is out and probably would have done an episode saying read it, but read it. So um, yeah, I really, yeah, I, I really like those books. Are you a what? Should hit genre of books do you kind of like gravitate towards i know it's going to be non-fiction but like is, is there any particular like, yeah, non-fiction yeah. type <clears throat> it's definitely changed a lot like the first year of reading all business <clears throat> and then uh that's probably just where i was at the time i guess i went to went to tony robbins went to quit my job start a business and stuff and then so i was reading all business and then i was kind of like well I suppose that's one way, but then like career is kind of also important and some stuff can apply as well. So I read a bunch of career stuff and then I kind of got introduced to some philosophy stuff and a bit of psychology stuff and loved those as well. I think now it's really just going pretty broad. Like at the moment, it's kind of like the new year. We're actually like peak behind the curve. We're like five months ahead on podcast recording. So we're actually not going to record for the next four months. Oh um, my God. So we're, 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 that's just like a... We, we, we kind of pretend that we uh, do it every week, but um, we m- managed to build up a bit of a buffer. So that is because unreal. of that, I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> because we've got like, yeah, we've got like 20 episodes 
in the can, um, which is good. Um, and because of that, then I can like, I kind of, I've got released a bit from the freedom of having to read a book every week. So I've started reading some bigger stuff, like yeah, um, reading like the Da Vinci biography, which I've been enjoying. I've been reading Four Hour Chef um, by Tim Ferriss, which I'm actually really enjoying. And I feel like I'm about to become addicted to cooking. Um, okay, nice. which has been good. I read, I read the well, what else is there old in that? readings because Tim Ferriss's um, the the chef ones like it is like a weird cookbook, but it's got like skills and shit in it as well, right? Yeah. So what it what he kind of did was like he kind of was like it's it's sort of a cookbook, but it's like have you read the Inner Game of Tennis? No, man, that was my good. that was my favorite book of 2021. Um, so it's kind of like the Inner Game of Tennis is like. It's kind of about tennis, but at the same time, it's not really about tennis. So like if you're playing tennis and you love tennis, then yeah, there's some stuff, there's some tips in there that you can take and apply to tennis. But if you have no interest in tennis, um, then it's kind of like just a more personal development, but also more like a psychological, uh, how to focus, how to like trust yourself, how to trust your intuition, all this kind of stuff that like can apply to tennis. But at the same time, if you don't play tennis, it's still widely applicable. Yeah, you so get I think the four hour chef. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the four hour chef, he kind of did a similar thing in that, like, it's about cooking, but he kind of didn't want it to be just like a cookbook. Um, I think that said, this is much more cooking than tennis was tennis. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of cooking in there, but it's also like, he says it's like, you know, just more like how to learn. How do you learn a new skill? Um, yeah. And uses like cooking as one example, but then he's also got a whole bunch of other random stuff in between, like learning languages, learn to shoot basketball three pointers. Um, I haven't got to the bit about hunting and shooting and stuff, but uh, that's that's coming up. I saw in the in the appendix and stuff. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different stuff in there. Yeah, that's sick. Tim Ferriss is a wild man. Just loves I, doing. I must admit, shit. I, like, who was the Titans tribe of mentors? I wasn't big on, but Four Hour Workweek, incredible. Four Hour Body, incredible. And I was like, then it'd been like two years since I'd read any of his stuff. But Four Hour Chef, I think, is is right up there. Yeah, I um. I have dipped into tribe mentors and, and the other one, but I, it hasn't ever made me want to read more than one of the no. conversations. Yeah, neither at a time, and and even yeah. if that's a whole a whole one of the conversations. Um, do you guys read any fiction? Or I've tried. I've tried. I've got a small shelf over somewhere. Where is it? The shit, right over shit there at the moment. Yeah, like, it's like a almost a half a shelf. So I've, I've tried. I've had a crack. Um, nothing's really grabbed me a, a whole lot yet. Um, I've probably, probably got 10 or 12 that I've read in the last two years, going from zero to, to 10 or 12. And then I've got another yeah. bunch of maybe 20 that I've thought might be good ones to try. Any recommendations yeah. to get me, uh, get me hooked into the fiction realm? It, it really depends. I think you have to kind of be keen to jump into a story, but curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. It's one of the funnest okay. books you'll ever read. Read it probably in a day. It's about an autistic boy uh, and his dog who's dead. Mm. Oh. And yeah. it's just so like, heartwarming. I've recently read Steppenwolf by Hermann Hesse. He's like a 1920s German bloke. I think he was quite well known. He wrote Siddhartha. Um, yeah. And Steppenwolf is essentially a story of this guy who is a wolf of the steps. He's not in the city, but he's not quite out of the city and he's just floating and it's in between. He doesn't quite belong anywhere. And it's a guy who's into philosophy and reading and all this stuff. So I think like anyone who likes reading like oh, no. quite intensely to the point where they're like, yeah, I actually would 
like forego quite a few conversations so I could read. I was, I'll make that trade any day. Reading that book is a, is a <laughs> harsh reality of what it's like to be a bit of a forced introvert who enjoys doing things uh, on their own. It's uh, nice. It's pretty fucking brutal. And also he hates society. And I'm kind of in that zone at the moment. Uh, <laughs> well after Damn. reading that book i was like oh yeah everything's fucked um another one that's quite a funny read that about someone who hates society is the confederacy of dunces by john o'toole okay. um it was written in like the 60s in new orleans but it wasn't published until the early 80s his mum had to get it published after he committed suicide 11 years after it had, uh after he'd committed suicide it got published and it's Chuck, you know Chuck Palahniuk. He wrote Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. his favorite book. I just heard it on Joe Rogan. I was like, oh, fuck, I'll buy that. I might as well. Yeah. I do a lot of Joe Rogan buying. Nice. Like if yeah. someone interested, a lot of people like, do a lot of Joe Rogan buying. Yeah, I think that's a, of, if you want to sell a shitload of books, you got to get on Joe Rogan, and that's kind yeah. of yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that is it. You need to get, need to get the call up. I think anyone goes on Joe Rogan, their just the whole life will transform. Same with the need to yeah. read, really. You know. That's right. That's what I'm, I'm expecting our good reads to go from like 112 to 116 any day now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's um? What was the dog one called? The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Um, but yeah, I've tried to do some literary fiction stuff and some stuff that actually Tim Ferriss recommended. One was called The Overstory, and it's a story about trees, and it is fucking dog shit. And it was. I feel, it, like, oh, actually, I feel like Tim fair. Ferriss has got some shit recommendations. It won he's got some great Life recommendations, fiction. but then he's got some shit ones. Yeah. <laughs> so won the Pulitzer, but Ed Cullion thinks it's shit. So, yeah. I mean, you make up your mind over what's legit here. <laughs> There's plenty of uh, Pulitzer Prize winning books that I've read that I think are shit ass. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's just a different category. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think it must have some form of like pretentious. Shit. Yeah, like the, most of those like awards do there's something correct. there's some politics behind it probably um you have to please the uh the literary critic not the not the average joe blow reader like me yeah fucking critics i hate like the fact that i <laughs> i am kind of a critic and i say like some books are shit i'm like i actually like i don't i tend to not review books if i like think they're bad yeah, no. I just pretend I never read it and we'll just mark it as my like probably a two star on Goodreads, even though if I do yeah. want to give it one, like I don't want to be that harsh. Um, yeah. What What do you do with books you don't like? What's What's your process uh, one of stopping reading and two, like do you tell everyone it's a shit book to avoid? Yeah, a few, um, a few thoughts. At the start, I never would put one down. I feel like if I started a book, I just like mentally had to finish it off. If I didn't read every single word on every single page, then I wasn't allowed to put it on Goodreads. Uh, now, I've, I've, I could say that I've matured or maybe I've just increased in laziness and then I'm happy to like skip a whole bunch of stuff and then still claim that I've read it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's some of it. That's some of it. Um, I definitely give up on books a lot easier now. Um, and it kind of, it kind of, again, it kind of depends if it, if I want it to get on the podcast and it hasn't got any pod, anything podcast worthy, then I'll give up on it. If it's like a more personal one, like maybe I'll hang on a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, generally I'll, I'll can, if it's, if it's shit ass, we'll can it and we won't do it. Um, the exception to the rule is like 
we used to pick books together, like maybe the first two, three years, we used to like agree on what books we we're going to do, but then our interests kind of diverge. And now it's like, I'll pick 10 and he'll pick 10. So okay, sometimes yeah. I'm forced to read some shit books um, yeah, yeah. that he'll give, he'll give a nine or a 10 and I'll give it a two or a three. Um, oh, really? So I guess in those cases I have to, I, I would never say, or not never, I would very rarely say, um, this is a shit book. Don't read it. Uh, because we kind of used to do it at the end of our episodes. We used to give like our thoughts and reviews, whereas now it's just purely like, here's the best shit because we know that just because we didn't like it right now, doesn't mean we won't like it in 10 years or we wouldn't have liked it three years yeah. ago or something like we might've liked it at a different time. And even if we never would like it, that doesn't mean nobody else is going to like it and it's not going to be important for someone else. So it's kind of like, we don't want to rag on stuff too much. Um, because we know that there's a lot, almost all books will have almost, you know, something that somebody can get out of it. Um, so we don't want to like, if somebody's like, that sounds awesome. We don't want to then shit on it because if they like it, they should go and read it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are there any books though that you just don't like? One I didn't or, like. Or if someone tells you that it's their favorite book, do you think maybe I'm, I shouldn't be stood so close to you. <laughs> there's a few. There's a few, that's for sure. Um, one one that I didn't like almost from just like a, a moral standpoint was uh, One Up on Wall Street, um, which was like uh, like an investing book. Yeah. There's plenty of great investing books and like, you know, The Intelligent Investor, which talks about like, you can't pick stocks. You just got to go like index funds and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one was all about picking specific stocks and it was like written in the eighties. And he was talking about how like, sorry, that's my dog. Just a sort of hosty delivery. Um, and he was like, he was like, oh yeah, I was driving down the road one day and I saw there was this massive line outside, I don't know, KFC or something. So I was like, man, this is a popular place. I'm going to buy stock in KFC. I was like, that's just like a ridiculous there was a bit more to it than that. Like that's an incredibly straw man yeah. of his argument. But um, I think if if you had read 10 investing books and took it really seriously and this was just like one small piece that you could add as like a different idea, then that would be great. But if this was the first ever book you read and thought this was the answer and you're going to do this, yeah. then I'd say that is like actually dangerous to read. It's a bit irresponsible from him, I think. Yeah, I think very. <laughs> I think anyone writing about money has like quite the responsibility to sort of shoulder i thought i think psychology of money mm. is probably where i've seen it done the best i thought that was good yeah yeah i think even though it's not like hey do this for your investments i think from reading yeah. that i've just like i'm just in index funds I'm just i think it was just like a good uh it was a good there's some good stories and the lessons were good um it was a good sort of overview i think yeah yeah it, well have you got a favorite book on actual investing was it more uh, like broad termed? I really liked um, one book I got hooked on when I first read it. It was called Value Averaging, not Value Investing. Like Intelligent Investor is probably a good starting point, but it's super big and super dense and like you have to be kind of already into it to appreciate it. Um, yeah. Value Averaging, I got hooked on the maths of it. It was just more about, it wasn't about what, you, it was just about buying, you know, index funds and stuff, but it was kind of like about how much do you put in and when and how do you buy? So rather than rather than like dollar cost averaging, which is one good method, this was he would call it value averaging. Um, 
And it was just like a slightly different take on how much you invest taking in your like end goals. Um, but I read that like six years ago and I loved it at the time. I might hate it now. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. I think I'll trust this other one's a good, good entry point. I think, in all honesty, like it's pretty cheesy, but I think it's just some basic money lessons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I, th- I do think money is one of those things because people don't really like to talk about it. So people don't actually educate themselves on it. I do think if you can alleviate your money stress, that's really important. In yeah. Life. I, 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 I say the word stress because I think after a certain point, you're not like, right, well, I suppose if I have to have two months off work, I'm fucked maybe, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think in, in, in the UK, people people are so close to the line. It's like two or three months off work and like they're, they're done. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's yeah, I think that's important to get a grip on because it just makes, it frees up your, a lot of your, brain space i think just to be like oh, actually I can relax a little bit now mm. um and i think that comes down to like when you read books like that you're like oh maybe i shouldn't buy all this stuff maybe no one mm. actually cares what i buy and have yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you existential crisis and then you can save money <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's also then like if you're constantly living in survival mode like if you know that you have to work and if you don't work then you're fucked then you can't ever stop and take a breath and think, do I even like what I'm doing as a job? Like I know, like you're just thinking, I have to work, I have to work, I have to do this, I have to do better, I have to try to get a pay rise, I have to try to get a promotion, but maybe, you know, the old ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And if you're just constantly trying to cling to that ladder, then you can never sort of step off and maybe just reposition it a little bit. Yeah. And how do you feel, obviously having a podcast, are you had like great aspirations for it or are you at your point of like this it serves me really nicely i don't want to kill myself to push it out further yeah uh i've gone through waves definitely gone through waves so probably at the start uh like yeah it'd be nice to be joe rogan um (laughs) which is probably a bit of an understatement um but at the start it was probably like look if Man, when we got our like first 10 downloads, we're like, holy shit, this is amazing. When we got a hundred, we're yeah. like, wow, this is incredible. And then like we got a thousand, we're like, oh my God, this is like, this is it. We've made it. Then and it then, starts uh, getting shit. And, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like, we'll do 10,000 in a, in a day sometimes. It's like, oh yeah, those are, those are right. It doesn't really kind of has yeah. no impact on us anymore. Um, that is a real like, shame. Uh, that is it is big time. Man. <laughs> I've, I've really noticed it. People are like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm like, is it? Yeah, I'm like, because I know, like, I can kind of, like, an average out how many I'm getting per day. Like, I, yeah. I saw it coming three weeks ago. <laughs> well, like, I could just stop doing this now and probably reach that number at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And then it's yeah. like, uh, I think, um, anyway, so at the start, it was very much like, okay, this is cool. We're doing it. I probably got caught up in, like, yeah, this is, we could do this f- forever and this would be incredible. And, like, this can be a full time job one day. Um, but then I go through waves of like, yeah, we should really push it. And like, what can we do to to really make some more money out of this and make it a full-time thing? But then I'll go through waves of like, no, maybe it's just good as like a, you know, 15, 20 hour a week hobby that's enjoyable, that we're learning, that we're doing cool stuff. And like, yeah, now there's some money coming in on the side. Um, 
and we maybe we shouldn't put any more pressure on it than that. So we definitely go through waves of like, yeah, we should push it versus no, nah, it's probably good as it is. Like we're probably in like a, we've probably got a good system going now that we, by writing the book, it took us like 16 months of like writing for an hour or two every single day. So it kind of like forced us to restructure our, our lives and our days to have that time for the book. And that's how we kind of then, once the book was done, we kind of eased off the foot off the pedal a bit, but kind of kept it going. And that, that's how we kind of got like 20 episodes ahead without really, really trying. And so now that we're kind of like in this pause period, maybe it's like we used to do the podcast all the time. Like for the last five and a half years, it's been, you know, every week. Yeah, we'd have a week off here or there. Sometimes we'd someone go away for three weeks, but really yeah. it's been constant for five and a half years. Now this is like our first like genuine break, like for more than a month where it's like, yeah. well, maybe this is a good system. Maybe we do like for three months, we work double time to record six months of stuff and then take three months off type of thing. So maybe that's like yeah. where it might end up. Yeah, I am. Um, I am considering doing something like that. I've got a real calling to go to Byron Bay at some point. I don't mean calling. Oh, no. It's like a, oh, I've got a calling. I mean, like, I just really <laughs> want to fucking go. Like someone called you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was Make just call speaking to someone yeah. and they, just, they were just calling me that. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like I want to do some Henry David Thoreau shit. I know Byron Bay's oh, no. not that quiet, but just like a, a real complete yeah. step back from, no, from everything. Make sure yeah, you keep, like space. I'm actually honeymooning there in uh in about four weeks. So uh oh, sick. Two, two weeks in Byron. So maybe I'll give you a call and then you can say that that was your calling. Yes, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> go go nimbin for me. Um, <laughs> so so what's what are the plan next? You do you think at some point there's gonna be an updated the more shit that they never taught you or shit. we've definitely thought of like there's so much shit that they never taught you. Like yeah, this could never end forever. Really. <laughs> there's so much shit um there's also thoughts of like breaking it like i wouldn't do another 684 page book that's for sure no um or not in not in the next three to five years anyway but yeah. i think we could do like in that book we had 32 different lessons across nine different parts so like you know personal development happiness career business entrepreneurship philosophy psychology history all that sort of stuff in one crammed into one book but i think there is definitely scope to break those out to do like the shit they never taught you about marketing and have the yeah. 180 page book of the best shit on marketing and then like the shit they never taught you well one that jonesy wants to do is parenting like we've never read a parenting book but maybe we should read 10 parenting books neither of us has got kids but maybe at some point in the next five years we will that maybe yeah i feel like that would be quite a popular in. one to be fair yeah people well, there you go maybe that's what we should do mate it like I do think that would be quite an important book. And you've got the name for it now. So there you go. Smash it. Tell you about parenting. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Great <laughs> book. So that's exciting. And then the podcast, obviously you've got stuff, stuff scheduled. Where can people, obviously most of my listeners going to be UK, Ireland and stuff like that. Is it available in the UK? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we've oh, got, yeah. it's probably like, in terms of our downloads, it's probably like 35% US, 30% Oz. UK area is probably our next batch of around 15% of our, of our yeah. listeners. Yeah. Okay, sick. And if you've got a stockist for the shit they never taught you, like Amazon, where, where would yeah. they Amazon? Or? Amazon, book depository, 
I should just Amazon. Do you, like I don't really use Amazon that much here. It's not that big here. It's like I know US is like all Amazon. What's what's the situation over there? I have actually stopped buying physical books since Ooh. not yeah. very long ago, like a couple yeah. weeks, because I've I've just fallen in love with my Kindle. It's the fucking greatest thing <laughs> yeah, ever no. invented. I've realised because I'll be moving out of London in July, I can't keep buying books. Yeah. I've got too, <laughs> too many. Like I take them to my parents, and they'll be like, "What." the hell so yeah i've got half a recording studio for you and a ukulele (laughs) um so yeah i've I've just switched over to kindle so i literally as soon as i think of a book to buy i just send sample to kindle read the first 10 pages i'm like yeah i'll buy that and some of them will literally be like 99p some of them will unfortunately be like eight quid i know there's places you can get books for free online but i just i don't really think that they're good things to do no and especially when you're yeah, I suppose when you're buying a Kindle, I suppose the one argument is like it's like it doesn't cost them anything to to sell it to you. Like you're not like stealing yeah. a physical book that they had to pay to print. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like the value you get out of it far outweighs the yeah books that you pay for it. A hundred percent. I think it's like a, the RRP on books is it's like you just don't get to sell at that anymore because Amazon and 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 places yeah. like that and people won't spend like 10 quid on the book but spend yeah. 10 quid on like chicken and chips yeah <laughs> exactly oh wait told you society is fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i can see that steppenwolf coming out in you yeah he's coming <laughs> all right um mate thank you so much for coming on it's been it's been great to chat with you where can people buy it? i know we've just kind of said but where can people find you where can they buy it I guess search for the shit they never taught you and hopefully we pop up in wherever you can buy it. It pops up hopefully. And then, yeah, obviously if you're, if you're on a podcast app, listen to this podcast and search for what you will learn. Yeah. Sick. Perfect. I'll put all the links for everything in the description, but it's been a pleasure chatting to you, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And hopefully you make it to uh, your journey to Byron. Hopefully you can make it and uh, really embrace life and, be on the fringe of society. Don't go too far outside of it, but don't be too far inside of it either. Just on the steps. Just on the steps. <laughs> well, there you have it. All the information for the What You Will Learn podcast and Adam, both Adams will be in the description of this episode. If you want to check out their podcast, please do. The more we can talk about books, the better. I want you to surround yourself with them because books will change your life. But that's it from me. Relatively short and sweet outro here. I love you all. You're all legends. Goodbye.